All right, so we've got Andrew Andy Sweet here on the Fitness Retention Podcast. Um, I'm going to let Andy introduce himself and kind of tell us where um, where he's at right now and kind of how he got to that point in the fitness world. So, Andy, please take it away. Alex, first of all, I'd like to thank you for uh, having me on your podcast. So, of course. Um, so my name is Andy Sweet. Um, I got into the fitness industry through Club Ready. I was a former CTO of, of Club Ready, um, which is a fitness software uh, package. Think uh, competitor to MindBody, ABC Financial. Um, and, you know, it's a growing brand. We were acquired uh, in January of this year by a company called Club Essential, which is in the private uh, club space. And so they were looking to expand into uh, fitness and, and they acquired Club Ready and it's been a successful acquisition and they're up and moving today. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. And so, so from there, it was kind of interesting, you know, and, and, you know, some of the things, you know, I learned over those two years or year and a half at Club Ready is, is really technology is, is ripe for really transforming the fitness industry, not just from the fitness owner perspective, but, but from members and personal trainers and really driving engagement with the facility, which obviously drives retention. And so look forward to maybe chatting a little about that today. Yeah. So who, who leads that? Is that the, like the operator owning, like the, the decision to advance technology within the facility? Or is that from members saying like, Hey, this gym doesn't offer what this other gym does. Is it, you get where I'm going? Like, is yeah, it no, I do. And I think that, I think that's a really important question. I think, I think all too often, perhaps, um, or at least I would make the argument, a lot of software comes from the owner operator perspective and really doesn't take and empower um, that potential member and candidate and let them drive and make decisions and find what works best for them and, and helps them achieve their specific goals and do that in a holistic way, not just within the facility, but how you operate throughout the day and take into account that facility interaction, that experience, but that just is a part of your overall fitness um, experience that, that needs to be taken into account by the technology itself. So, so hopefully you, I answered your question there. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I'm gonna kind of get like really specific here. When you, when you think about technology and clubs, what are some of the things that you've seen over the last like maybe five years? Because I mean, technology changes so quickly and yeah. I think it, it's a little bit slower in fitness, but what are some of the things that you've seen over the last five years that might really impact retention? And then what do you think maybe like the next, it's hard to say five years, but like two to three years looks like in terms of technological advancements in fitness facilities? Yeah, I'll just say, for example, specifically at Club Ready, what, what I think, you know, that software did very well is track behavior of, of members and understand really what you were trying to do. It would uh, put together programs that gamify um, really the fitness experience. And, and, you know, we tracked everything from classes you took to, to purchases you made, whether T-shirts, water bottles, um, whatever the case may be, mm -hmm. and really made that part of the overall process. And you can create loyalty programs. Think frequent flyer programs that, that airlines have. Mm -hmm. You can do that and, and really have the technology facilitate that process, automate that process, and even you know start to interact with you and communicate with you via text, email, and say something like, you know, if you 
do X, Y, and Z over the next week, you'll achieve the next level. And so you're constantly engaging with mm -hmm. that member, giving them a sense of where they're at in the program and what they can do to achieve the next level. And again, it's, it's that engagement. I think when members feel that they're not being engaged, they're not being, um, you know, their, their experience is not being taken into account, almost ignored, mm -hmm. right? It, it, then, then that's when they tend to drop out. And so if you can automate that interaction and communication uh, with a member, I, I think that was a, a big thing that I saw really from a club ready perspective. So when, when you and I talked the first time, I'm much more on like the people side of yes. things. And I know that you're, you're on the technology side of things. I think that there is a lot about like value to automating things, but at what point do you need to make that like a person, like an interpersonal um, effort? What time, when does your staff need to take over versus when does technology just send someone a text or an email or like a, you know, a virtual high five? When does that? Yeah, so, so that's, a, that's a great point. And, and, and so I think it's a combination of the two. One of the, when I talk about this, one of the common questions I get is, are you saying that you can replace staff or you can replace yeah. personal trainers? And, and that's not the case. Really where technology works best is when it's enmeshed with the staff, the operators, the personal trainers, and it's giving them cues to actually take action and do certain things. And so in a lot of cases, it may just be confirming intuition. Like mm -hmm. when we chatted, you, you know what a member at risk looks like. You can yeah. see it. But if you have data, maybe predicting that and, and avoiding that even getting to that point, then, then again, it's helping you become even more effective. And maybe more importantly, Alex, is it's helping people that don't have your level of experience learn and, and see the trends as well. So it can start to help them and, and help those with less experience uh, be as effective as they can be. Yeah, um, it's interesting because you, you want to automate as much as you can. Right. You don't want to lose that sense of community that I think a lot of people actually go to the gym for. I completely agree. And, that, and that's, that's where, you know, and this is regardless of industry, you want technology to almost be invisible, right? Think hmm. about the best technologies that you use. You don't even really recognize you're using them. Yeah. And so the same thing. When you're using you. <laughs> or the, right. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's the opportunity that AI gives us is that, that um, data-driven intelligence that, that can either augment or bolster your intuition and help you operate on a data level. And so if you know more about a specific person, what their specific goals are and where they're missing, um, you can actually take advantage of that fact. Um, and, and, and again, to, to, the, to the member, all they're seeing is a caring operator, personal trainer that's, that's leveraging technology in the background to help them be better um, and provide a better experience for that member. So can you give me a couple examples of how you're thinking about that in the next couple of years? Like how can we better serve the member through technology? Yeah, so that's a, that's a great question. I think that happens on a couple levels. It's interesting. Technology today is helping us find the optimal job. It's helping organizations find optimal candidates. Well, think about that from a fitness perspective. Are there optimal clubs, organizations, um, kinds of boutique fitness facilities that are best uh, suited for your goals and who you are and help you pick the best place and, and vice versa? So that's one level. There's a whole recruiting 
potential here from uh, a technology perspective and helping you find the best place to accomplish your goals specifically. And then two, technology also has the opportunity to help us navigate that facility once we've picked one and really drive intelligence into the overall uh, process. So it's not hard to imagine a world where you go up to even the most basic equipment, a bench press, a squat rack, and it understands the, the exercise you're going to do. It leverages cameras. It watches you do the exercise. It gives you feedback in real time on whether you're doing it appropriately or not. It remembers what you did last time and either through personal trainer input or, or standard libraries gives you a recommended next set of exercises throughout the facility. So it's a almost a self-guided virtual personal trainer mm-hmm. that remembers what you've done and helps you with, with your technique. And again, that can be done in conjunction with a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. And then you can actually both look at the feedback and say, yeah, when I was telling you, you know, you need to be thinking about this as you do your technique and your back is arched and you think it's straight, we can visibly see here that, that you know, you're, you're not in position. And so, again, it's just that, that adding intelligence to existing equipment. And how far away do you think that is? You know, what's interesting, if you take a broad look at, at AI and, and what's going on, you have uh, vendors like Microsoft and Amazon um, democratizing algorithms. Mm-hmm. And so I'm using a lot of words, Alex, to say it's very, very close. And, <laughs> and work is going on today in this space. Um, and, and there's pilots being done. And, and, and the challenge here is gathering that data in mm-hmm. gathering all those exercises and what does a proper exercise look like, whether it's something in the Pilates space or, or whatever the case may be, a high intensity training, uh, you know, seven station kind of facility. Mm-hmm. What does the proper technique look like? And gather all that data, do the learning on it so that when you come along, it can kind of see what you're doing, compare it against the optimal and give you that feedback. But I, I used a lot of words to say we're very close. <laughs> One, uh, one thing that it makes me think of is like how, where does liability, and this is just kind of like, you know, like tangential, but like where does liability come into that? Because if you have a machine telling you to squat lower and you squat lower and, you know, like have a bulging disc or a torn meniscus, where does liability come into that? Yeah, and, and so anything that, that involves cameras and making suggestions, um, is a huge part of this process. And I think if, if anything, um, that's the pieces. The technology is sometimes the easy part. Yeah, it seems like it's probably already there. Yeah, that to. part, exactly. And it's working out all these other tangential um, and very real uh, issues that you just raised and, and others, right? Again, there, there's privacy issues. And you want to build technology today that is trusted not just by the operators, but by the members, and, mm-hmm. and they understand how that data is being used, and, and you're very transparent about that usage, but also, like you say, the liability issues. So that's, they're very real, and the mm-hmm. companies that are successful are the ones taking those into account up front. So when we, when we think about data and how it plays with physical fitness, health, all that, the kind of like this realm, what do companies that are aggregating this data, what's the end game for them? What do they want to do with it? And how does that relate to retention? 
Yeah, and, and so that's, a, that's an interesting question. I mean, and, and there's multiple agendas uh, going on uh, with the data, depending on, you know, what the, what the actual vendor is doing. I think at the end of the day, um, there's very little that I've seen. And again, you know, you, you're, you're out in the industry as well, so keep me honest. I don't see a lot of people applying data to the retention problem and really tracking it from a retention perspective. I think there's been a lot of work on the recruiting side. Mm -hmm. You know, even in the fitness industry, how do you optimize recruiting and bringing members in the front door? Mm -hmm. I think there's been less attention applied to how do you keep them, how do you ensure they're meeting their goals and, and retaining them and giving them the optimal experience. I think technology has lagged in that piece. It has been much more focused on the recruiting side. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think there's always been a, more of a focus on acquisition than retention. Right. Uh, and I don't, I don't think that I'm unique in thinking that. Um, but it is interesting to see because you, you look at, like, data as this source of kind of controversy and people don't want right. to be a number and all of this stuff. But ultimately, like, we're trying, it sounds like you and a lot of other companies are trying to identify user behavior, put them into certain groups Right. And then prompt or give them something that they will find valuable based on their past inter like interactions with the brand or company. No, and so, so I think that's a really important point. And, and, and it starts to get into what if you could do what if scenarios? And th these are real today, Alex. Like, mm -hmm. what if you, let's say you've been working at two to three times a week over the past six weeks. Mm -hmm. What if you said, what if I move that, do the same exact workouts, but made it three to four times or, or did other, started changing other variables? Mm -hmm. Where would I progress against my goals and make predict, uh, predictions against those goals? Mm -hmm. And again, it's not going to be 100% accurate. But if you start to gamify, it can be motivational. It's like if I pick up just one more session a week, here's where I'll be against my goals versus if I continue on my current path. Mm -hmm. You can do that in very realistic ways using data. And again, I think those are the opportunities we have uh, in this space to really, again, transform people's lives. Yeah, I almost like the first thing I think of is like a, a leaderboard almost. Like this person joined... Or you could have it with visits, you could have it with percentage body fat loss, weight loss, all of this stuff. And as long as people opt in, you can kind of create like a, a we'll call it like a light sense of community. That's right. By seeing what other people are doing. And that doesn't require any interaction by the staff. That, that's right. And, and you know, it's, it's interesting, your leaderboard notion is, is, is right on. And, and, and also, could you imagine, again, you know, the, you know, a lot of these facilities have, you know, huge display devices. Mm -hmm. What if you displayed that technique that they're doing versus um, the, the trainer's technique and they're doing it side by side and then you can get, you know, get down off the, uh, whatever exercise you're doing and then you both watch it and compare. Mm -hmm. See where, you know, where there's difference or, or where there's similarity. And so, so that feedback, again, it's real time feedback that augments the personal trainer or if a personal trainer is not part of the session becomes kind of your virtual personal trainer. Mm -hmm. and, and it has broader applications. You know, I, I, if you don't mind, you know, if you think about physical therapy, right? Mm -hmm. My mom happens to have a, a rotator cuff injury. She's been given uh, exercises to do and she, she keeps calling me saying, you know, I don't know if I'm doing these things right. I don't know if I'm <laughs> yeah. going far enough. I don't know if I'm doing the right things. 
Um, again, if she had software that could watch her do it from her own laptop, again, no investment in specialized hardware, but she does her exercises in front of that laptop and it gives her feedback mm -hmm. on whether she's doing it appropriately or, not. appropriately or not. So it's not just fitness, but mm -hmm. there's other applications for these kinds of technologies. Yeah. I mean, much broader. I'm much assuming. broader. Yeah. Yes. Um, okay. So kind of to take a step back and get more of like a high level view of everything, you're obviously really in the technology side of the fitness industry. Right. Um, tell me what you're for in fitness and what you're against in fitness. Uh, yeah, not so historically, but as we move forward, as we move forward. Yeah. So, so, you know, that's a great question. I mean, I guess the biggest thing I'm for is personalization and, and really understanding a person's goals and how they can achieve it. And, and, and not just the one size fits all kind of mentality, right? You just walk in and you know, there's 500, I'm exaggerating treadmills. There's all the free weight equipment. There's all in, in just kind of a free for all. I'm for personalizing that experience, even if the facility set up that way, optimizing the path through all that equipment and giving somebody feedback along the way. That's, that's what I'm for. And I, I think, um, you know, the things I, I'm against is again, that one size fits all. And in the notion that if you, you don't succeed in that environment I talked about, you're somehow a failure versus there are options out there that will work for every single one of us mm -hmm. if we can find it and leverage it. And so how do you identify those user behaviors? Like someone, I mean, we know the importance of onboarding and the effect on like right. lifetime value of a member. How do you use technology or usage patterns or time spent in the gym, whatever? How do you use that to help support people or like set people up for success? Yeah, and, and so the, the key is, you know, so often technology too, not just in the fitness industry, but technology in general was really built from automating the process down, right? And, and, and data was almost an afterthought. It's like where you stored things you had to store to go from screen to screen yeah. versus really using data and starting with a data first kind of approach and, and building a set of attributes around a person from the very first time you make contact with them mm -hmm. all the way from when they're a lead to when you convert them to a member, how they operate as a member. And you're focused on capturing the data and tracking against those goals. Again, if people are tracking the goals and everybody has transparency on those goals, if you if, imagine a world where if you were to check in, the staff could immediately see your top three goals, the reason you signed up for that facility and where you're at and what you've done. Yeah, that would be. They could interact, interact with you on a, on a personalized way. Yeah. And say, hey, we know we have a, you know, XYZ class that we could offer you based on your goals. Yeah, yeah, so that kind of personalization. Yeah. So um, when we look at that and like, I've never really heard of the idea of making those things visible to all of the staff members. You know, you usually check in in a gym, hi, blank, or hi, Alex, or hi, Mr. Armstrong, whatever. And it's just this slight level of personalization. But would anybody ever switch gyms if they had everything like buttoned up for them? You know, like the front desk people know your name. The customer service people know what drink you want. The personal trainers know what kind of, or the AI system knows what kind of workout you're doing and which pieces of equipment to use today and what time they're most likely to be open 
and the weights that you're using, like how and why would you ever switch gyms if that's totally that's, personal? I, well, <laughs> that, that's the theory. I, I agree. And, and, <laughs> I think, um, and I think, again, it also allows you to empower the members to find those kinds of places that yeah. do those kinds of things. And, and you're right. And I like the way you said it actually first when you said, you know, the trainers know this, the staff knows this. And then you said, well, the, in the AI, but really the AI is guiding those folks. And that goes yeah. to your original point that I think was really actually very important. It's the people doing the interaction, the technology is just helping those interactions with data. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that sounds like the future. <laughs> it, it feels like the future. And you know, the, the great thing is, um, this is a problem that needs solving too. I mean, there's a lot of things you can do with AI. Um, you know, you can help banks make more money. You can help insurance companies underwrite their risk in a better way. Those, those are important things, mm -hmm. but imagine a world where that technology is transforming lives and helping people achieve the, the lifestyles and the goals that they're trying to achieve. And then, then it becomes even more fundamental. And I'll tell you, it's great doing it here in St. Louis. Um, we have a thriving startup community that I don't think a lot of people realize. Mm -hmm. um, great incubators. Microsoft has put in uh, an advanced technology center. And so doing it in St. Louis is also uh, a huge advantage for anybody looking at doing this kind of work. Are you, are you from St. Louis originally? I am not. I, I am a transplant. I uh, grew up in Texas and Louisiana um, mm -hmm. and ended up here in St. Louis. Actually, to work for uh, McDonald, what was uh, McDonald Douglas at the time? Hmm. What's the what's the fitness and kind of gym culture scene like in St. Louis? Yeah, you know, I think it's it's very similar, maybe to, to to what I've seen around. You know, we have the whole gamut, right, from the twenty four seven, you know, anytime fitness kind of facilities, the nine rounds. You have a lot of boutique uh, firms that are starting up that, you know, maybe they started at one of these uh, bigger franchises and now they've got their own set of concepts of how they can help members. And so there's a lot of startups, even in the fitness industry that, that's cropping up. So if you, if you want it, you can find it here uh, in St. Louis. I guess that's um, the end of my St. Louis commercial. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um Talk to me about um, my two kind of like meaty questions here. And I think that a lot of people like to hear these things from people really experienced in different kind of lines of fitness or lines of like the fitness businesses. Number one, what's something that every gym can do tomorrow to make more money? Yeah. So I, you know, and again, I, I think this is, you know, my perspective coming from the technology side is, is again, really understanding um, the goals of their members and, and helping them achieve and having that transparency into those goals so that that's the thing first and foremost, as you said, as you go through the experience, whether you're interacting with the staff or personal trainers or even in the check-in process, that, that maniacal focus on the goals and, and even helping members remember why they joined. I mean, how easy is it to join in January, February of the year? Yeah. And then, you know, you're in September and October and it's like, you know, you, you start to lose a little steam and having people around you, a support community that's in the facility understands those goals and can tell you, hey, you've made progress here and here's how we think you can move forward. I think if people focused on the members and their goals, and I know that sounds simple and I, you know, but I, I think that's the fundamental. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, I'm, I'm interested and kind of obsessed with the idea of just keeping people. Right. Um, and I think that oftentimes the acquisition of a new client is prioritized over keeping someone for another month or another quarter or another year. Um, and it's hard to, I mean, as with a background in personal training, it's hard to yeah. keep people if you don't know why they're investing in your business. Right. I mean, let's look at like a medium to expensive club, like 150 to 200 bucks a month. It's two grand a year. That's, right. a, that's a lot of money for a lot of people. Um, yes. And if you're not paying attention to why that person is giving you money, they're not going to give you money anymore. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, really, exactly. It's like a really right. simple way to look at it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm, and, and again, you know, my, my vision is that, that technology will help you do that again, help you understand those things, gather data and give you insights that, that you may, you may feel intuitively or you've seen in the past, but then this gives you kind of a tried and true data driven um, perspective that you can apply to your customers. Yeah. So um, kind of riffing off that, what's something that every gym can do starting tomorrow to save time? Save time. You know, so, so that, that's the other one. I, I think so much time is wasted by not gathering timely feedback. So the other part of this is mm -hmm. getting feedback all along the way, automated as part of the gym experience. And so if you take a class, have the ability to pro provide immediate feedback, almost you know, everybody overuses this analogy, but almost Uber-like in that, you know, you, you do a ride and you provide feedback mm -hmm. and, and rewarding customers for giving feedback so that you get more and more feedback. So you're, you're seeing it in real time versus waiting for a problem to arise. You know, I think we all have been in that facility where everybody's complaining about, let's just say the pool, right? Everybody knows the pool is an issue, but nobody's bringing it up and making it an issue if you had a feedback mechanism that was capturing those things in real time, then, you know, again, that would save a ton of time and not waiting for that um, exception to pop up, but addressing things proactively. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's huge. I think that um, the connection between like what you said, kind of like the Uber analogy of like, okay, right. um, Troy got four stars out of five because I only gave him four because he did blank or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, but I think that also when stat, when members complain to staff, I think that that needs to have, there needs to be a feedback system either within the technology or within like the management structure of the company to be able to act on that before you hear it 20 times or before you hear it a hundred times, because like I use the example of like, you know, the, the Versa loop or those exercise bands breaking. Yeah, yeah absolutely. If you order a hundred of those and they break the first time that every member uses them, right. you could get rid of all of them before the yeah. member uses all hundred and breaks them all. Right? Yeah. Like if 20 exactly. of the first 25 broke, you should get rid of all of them. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's something that not a lot of companies are looking at is like understanding a trend and nipping it in the bud before it becomes a big problem. Yeah, I love that. I love that notion. You're saying, you know, enabling that. Enabling, when I heard you say too, among a couple of things, is enabling that that staff member, whoever it is, to address the problem yeah. in a holistic way versus 
just taking it going, yeah, we know these things break all the time and just let it keep happening. Yeah. Enable them to, to nip it. Like you say. Yeah. I see that a lot and it's, it's upsetting. And I, I talked with my, my last guest, I think you listened to it about yeah. how, how not enabling the staff leads to a huge retention of employee problem yep. and the retention of employees leads to the lack of members feeling a connection to the brand. And that just leads to people leaving. Um, so I think that all of these things are interconnected. Um, I, and I think you're making a great point there. Maybe just to riff on that for a moment. And that's the other thing I think technology can do is help personal trainers be effective. And when they feel like they're being effective, then they stay, yeah. right? They, they don't want to move on. It's when you start to sense, you know, I'm not getting the results for whatever reason. Um, but if you can make, yeah, those personal trainers successful, they're going to stay. And again, it's a self-perpetuating cycle, like you just said. Yeah. Um, all right. So now we're going to get into the like rapid fire, quick questions. Um, what's a book that you've read recently that had a lot of impact on you? Yeah. So I've, I've read a couple, you know, so this is going to, um, I've been going into biography. So Alexander Hamilton, I, I just finished you know, the impact it made on me, it was interesting how Hamilton, even during the Revolutionary War, when things were looking pretty bleak, you know, picture Valley Forge, he was already planning for the success of the country and thinking about a central bank and how to finance. So he was literally thinking ahead. Mm -hmm. And so I thought about that. I mean, we can get so stuck in our day to day and the issues were, were you know, addressing every day that we don't think out and assume we're going to be successful here. And what does success mean I need to be doing? And let's prepare for that. So I thought it was interesting how he was able to do that. Um, like I say, in the midst of all the, uh, the, the adversity they were facing when he was doing that planning. Yeah, I don't know if I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same thing and, and how young these founding fathers were. I mean, it's, it's amazing too. It's, you know, younger than me and he was he was thinking at that level yeah yeah i read the uh the john adams autobiography by mccullough and that was a really good one too yeah mccullough's a great yep yeah um okay what uh what is something that because we're gonna wrap up here in a few minutes what it sure. kind of describe i know that you're working on something in the background and it's not ready for release yet um but if you could maybe hint or kind of allude to what you're working on and maybe how that can potentially change fitness. Um, if you're comfortable with that, can you kind of like elaborate on that? So people know more about like you yeah. and how to find you and what you're working on. Yeah. And, and so, you know, right now I'm a, I'm a digital strategist with the I'm doing interesting AI work across all industries. Um, but on the fitness side, you know, it, it's kind of interesting. I, you know, I think we've hit on a lot of the topics. And I think it, it's that holistic experience you just described. It's, it's being, you know, as a member, finding the right facility or organization for me, finding that right personal trainer that happens to be a, a great fit, having a place that understands my goals, can track against those goals, can help me navigate a, a facility in an optimal way to achieve those goals. And so again, I'm not, I'm not going in and going, you know, I wonder what I need to be doing today. Um, but, but really that personalized experience. And, and I think, you know, this is going to happen very quickly. I think there's already players out there, Alex, that you've probably seen that are, are making hardware a part of this. It can be mm -hmm. very expensive. 
-hmm. you know, if, if you look at, you know, the typical budgets of facilities, they don't have a lot of money to spend on equipment. So if you can take existing equipment that's proven and, and make it intelligent and have it remember what you've done, optimize how you use it, make recommendations on what you should do next and take advantage of those existing investments. I think that's the future. And you can imagine um, that's probably where I will be. <laughs> I'm going to bet it is. <laughs> um, awesome. Well, Andy, thank you so much for coming on. I really, um, I mean, I learned a lot. I think that a lot of times people are kind of like, not, not on this podcast, but on a lot of podcasts, they're lecturing. And I think that this has been very interactive because I know you're curious about not just the industry, but like what's happening from the personal side. So, um, yes, I'm really glad you came on and I'm really glad we got to talk about how technology and people can mix and how that can improve the industry and also improve the user experience. Um, so again, thank you. I hope you have a wonderful day. Um, and I will link everything, all of your kind of like LinkedIn, all of your social media and everything in, in this, uh, in this podcast so that people can find you and, and stay on top of what you're doing in the future. That's, that sounds great, Alex. And I really appreciate you inviting me. I've been watching your podcasts. I recommend them to uh, everybody. Seriously, they're very informative. And you're right. I, I like hearing the, the human side of it. Not that I'm not, <laughs> as a technologist, <laughs> not that I'm a, you know, some sort of cyborg, but it, it's great to have that human technology interaction. And I've learned a lot from you as well. So thank you. Awesome. Well, thanks, Andy. Yep. All right. See ya. See ya.